is P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we are back. We are back. I am Matt. I'm here with Shelby. And we're back yes. in 2019. I the know, new year has arrived. Yes. I'm so relieved. It was the longest year, I feel like, of my entire life. See, I feel like everyone was saying that on social media, but I feel like everybody said the same exact thing about 2016 and 2017. <laughs> so I'm sort of like, but, okay, but like guys. 2018, it's like crazy to think. Black Panther came out last year. Yeah. The Olympics happened last year. Yeah. Like it felt like a really long year yes. peppered with things that like felt centuries old. Even Avengers now feels like it came out years ago, but it was last year. You know, I've tried to block that out of my mind. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the point is, I'm excited to be back and we're recharged after our vacation. It was yes. uh, it was nice. I was pretty checked out. I feel like I dropped the ball on our social media front, but I'm back. We're there. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's P.S. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like you really came back solidly on all social <laughs> media platforms with one very specific gif. And I got on Snapchat Ooh. and saw it on there and I was like, Shelby, like <laughs> like you are never on Snapchat. Like this is a desperate ploy. I know. I know. I had to spread it. I had to. It was such a moment. Like what did you yeah. want me to do? Never mention it? Like I'm sorry. Have you been in a in a movie that's on Netflix? Like I don't know, you know? <laughs> Yeah, tell the fans who maybe did miss your <laughs> okay, 17 okay, okay. social media posts. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. So I'm a Taylor Swift fan. Obviously, I have another podcast called Swiftish. And my podcast host, Ashley, and I decided to go to the last tour of Reputation last night in the US. So we went to Dallas. And while we were there, we got upgraded to the third row. So just like a crazy, crazy night. So fun. And then she announced she was releasing a tour video and it was going to feature the Dallas <laughs> night. And so I was pretty stoked. I mean, I I didn't have any like... I knew I could probably pick myself out in a crowd just because I was so close to the stage. And like, if she ever cut to the audience, I could probably be like, oh my gosh, there I am. But I was watching it with my husband on New Year's Eve. And we kept like pausing it to try and figure out where I was and whatever. And it was like an hour into it. And I was like, I don't know. Like, this is this is like such a stretch like it's not gonna really happen and then <laughs> lo and behold taylor swift is talking to the crowd before she starts her long live and um new year's day mashup and it cuts to a single face in the crowd just a close-up of one single person and that person was me oh it was wild it was wild <laughs> i know i was on Twitter today, like one of the uh, what are they called? Like moments or whatever was like yeah. people are finding themselves in Taylor Swift's <laughs> concert videos. So I clicked on it to see if you were going to be on there. And people yeah. literally had like picked themselves out from like the 50th <laughs> row in like a blurry shot. You could not yeah. tell who the person was. Yeah. But yours, it was only you. There's nobody it's else in the shot. Me. You're doing a little like I know, cheer. I was, like, glowing. Yeah. I was frankly a little nervous to see myself because I was like, oh, this is going to be so embarrassing. I'll probably be like screaming or crying. I didn't cry, but I would have like a weird, like, you know, crazy eyed look. 
but it was actually a very like nice <laughs> image of me. I was like, wow, I looked good. I looked sort of normal and like calm and and under control. So it was like really it was a highlight for me for sure. Were there other people in the concert video who like were crazy looking? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. People were like sobbing. Oh. There were people who had like met taylor printed their photos of them and taylor and held them up for like the concert just in case weird taylor would see there were people like screaming and like in crazy costumes and crazy makeup and so there was a lot of focus on like the high energy like extremes (laughs) yes so and then there you were yeah and then bringing the the normalcy to the crowd (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was a good moment it's um it was unexpected but you know all my hard work all the time and effort spent getting those tickets it really paid off you know (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) living the best life yeah it's just like total luck that i happened to be upgraded that show because it's like I would have never had those seats otherwise, and I would have never been ever been that close. So it was just like, oh man, what a moment! <laughs> well, and they could have been filming one of the other like thirty shows right. that you did that you weren't at. It, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. really just it's just the insane. stars aligned, and you know, I was blessed with this gifable moment that we'll just live now you in have two infamy. Taylor Swift gifts you can switch <laughs> back and forth between. I know uh, hashtag blessed, you know. <laughs> I, for, you know, as much as I would love a me and Kanye gif, I think probably <laughs> it's for the best for my longevity that that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, probably. He, um, <laughs> he's been on many rants this year, but I just found out that they're expecting another kid. So I know adding I saw to that. the, adding to the roost, I guess, which is exciting. So why have three when you can have four? Exactly. I'm I'm one of four, so it makes sense that yeah. they're, you know, following the life that I have set it's out. It's a good number. Yeah. She's using a surrogate again, though, so she won't be yeah. pregnant, but they're having another baby. I know, and I know she's doing it for health reasons, and that's, like, great mm-hmm. and stuff, but I really, I mean, it sounds so appealing to me. Like, honestly, I, I would love to do that. <laughs> If I could outsource that, I think I I've would, heard. So. I've heard that the experience of like carrying a child inside okay. you is, yeah, is yeah, you know, yeah, like but... something special. <laughs> That's what they have to say, you know. Meanwhile, they're like barfing and their boobs are sore and they're up late at night with night terrors. So it's just like a lot. You get you know? night terrors <laughs> when you're pregnant. Some people do. It's crazy. It's crazy. My friend did, but I don't know if that was just a fluke or something i'm not are you prone to weird (laughs) dreams do you have weird dreams normally (laughs) i do actually but they've gotten really like realistic which is sort of boring like last night i had a dream about our podcast and i just like woke up and i was like did we podcast but it was just a dream so (laughs) they're kind of boring yeah (laughs) interesting Do do you have crazy creative dreams not really. I mean, like I have <laughs> dreams, but nothing nothing that I would say is particularly, you know, groundbreaking. Yeah. Well, just like normal just like normal people dreams. You know, what does that say about a person? I don't I don't know, you know? <laughs> the, the, you're destined for stardom. Clearly yeah. you are. And I'm destined <laughs> yeah. for normalcy. Yeah. But um should we get started? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of pop culture to catch up on, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I will say right off the bat that I was not keeping track of these things. I was oh, in I Florida know. by a beach. So anything that happened like pre-Christmas mm, might not get a mention <laughs> from me on this podcast. Yeah, that's okay. That's fair. I, I felt the same way, but I also think it was just pretty quiet. I feel like yeah. not a lot of stuff was going on. Yeah, I do have one thing that I, that I feel like I wanted to bring up. Uh, yeah. As the New Year's, the first episode of the New Year, like, what is going on with the New Year's Eve telecasts that they have? <laughs> I feel like as a child, I used to remember them as kind of like these big, like, moments where these stars were performing, and it was, like, uh-huh. so exciting. <laughs> and now I watch them, and they are, like, the literally most washed up performers <laughs> that you could grope around in the night to find. I was watching the Ryan Seacrest one and it was new kids on the block who like, when was the la- their oh, last yeah. hit? And then Sierra performed and she hasn't <laughs> had a big hit since I was like in high school. And then Christina Aguilera sings that. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, could they get nobody better than this? Does nobody want to perform on this show? Like millions of people watch it. Wouldn't you want to like, if you were a celebrity to, <laughs> be performing in front of all these people i don't understand like do you have any it's, inspiration on it's this like you know it's cold and it's rainy and new year's eve is overrated i'm gonna say it i went to bed at 11 i didn't care like i just don't i cannot be bothered to like stay up and then what count down to like a clock change like i couldn't do it i just so maybe that's the new trend is people just realize it's a stupid holiday and they should just spend it indoors drinking or partying with friends or eating leftovers. Well, you you were tired out from all of the sharing of your own gift <laughs> was, that had yeah. taken place in the I previous hour. So. Yeah, I was like, nothing can top this. Why bother? I got to go to bed. I was sitting in my grandma's living room and <laughs> our big moment of the night was when she realized that she had a blood pressure reader in the house and we all went around <laughs> and compared blood pressures. So oh that was the excitement wow. I was living through. Yeah, that is. Yeah, you really are destined for a life of normalcy, aren't you? <laughs> no, <laughs> don't well, say that. And um, I heard that they sort of messed up the ball drop and stuff. Was that true? Like it was delayed or something and oh, they forgot I d- I to like know. drop it on time or someone started the count early or something. I don't know. I, mean, I heard the maybe. New York ball drop didn't work. I was, I mean, I was watching that, but it seemed normal <laughs> to me. But I, but you know, I'm also not out here with my stopwatch like the Admiral in Mary Poppins, you know, like, is the clock running too fast? Is it too slow? Yeah. Did they drop the ball yeah. a couple seconds early? Because you did the New York, attention. you did New York New Year's Eve once, right? Yes, I did two two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, I did it. And did they have cool performers then? Well, so that was the year that Mariah Carey flubbed up. So oh. that was, I feel like that's about <laughs> as good as you can get on a New Year's <laughs> Eve. Like it's iconic. Who else did they have? DNCE performed. Uh, Rachel <laughs> Platten was there. Um, oh, wow. Gavin Gavin DeGraw, so that was a little bit washed up. Yeah. Gavin DeGraw was there. I think I yeah, there I just were other feel people, like it's kind of it. people don't care anymore. I think it's like Coachella or bust, basically. Like no one really wants to play the Super Bowl anymore. No one wants to do the in New Year's Eve. No one wants to do the Christmas tree lighting. It's just like they can't be bothered. <laughs> it's just crazy to me that they're that 
there aren't stars who are like, look, this is millions of people watching me. Like, <laughs> let me get some of this attention. Well, because they have millions of people on Instagram. And you know what I, I guess mean? That's it's like true. they have yeah. huge followings that know their personal lives. So they don't need to stay as relevant anymore. I just cracked it. I solved that. It just came to my mind. Oh my gosh. Social media. (laughs) Killing New Year's Eve. Yeah. Speaking of New Year's Eve, though, um, I don't know if you saw this, but Tiffany Haddish, um, Haddish, 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 (laughs) Tiffany Haddish had a set on New Year's Eve in Miami. And this is like her first stand up tour, I think. And she totally bombed it. Um, people like started walking out, like half of the venue like left because she like forgot her own punchlines and she was really struggling. They started heckling her. She got more and more flustered. And eventually she was just like, oh man, I know this is going to end up on TMZ, but like whatever. And she just started calling audience members up to stage to like ask her questions and stuff. Oh, and so people were like giving her a really hard time. And then comedians came to her defense and were like, listen everyone has bad nights everyone has bad days it's just too bad that you're like doing it in a time when people have camera phones and stuff which is interesting but it also is just like she's had a rough year you know like none of her movies have done that well she hasn't you know proven to be i don't know i i don't know i'm sort of worried for the state of her her career because i think she just keeps making weird choices with the film she's in and they're just like disasters left and right but i'd hope she's naturally funny i don't know i mean the thing with (laughs) then i was reading in the articles that she was like taking shots on stage and was drunk like was yeah (laughs) was there an extenuating circumstance where she was like maybe already a little bit under the influence and that's why she wasn't doing well (laughs) or was she like at the top of her game and just biffed the entire run she said the day before that the day of that she had been up since till 7 a.m. the night before drinking and partying. So I imagine she was okay. just like super tired and a hot mess and then okay. couldn't pull through. So it was like a hungover <laughs> comedy set and that's why yeah. it was bad. It okay, this bad makes more choices. sense. Yeah. <laughs> With her career though, some of the movies that have come out this year were things that like she was already signed up for or had already recorded like before Drew. Girls yeah. Trip. Yeah, so <laughs> those I don't think you can necessarily hold all of that against her. But I yeah. do feel like Tiffany Haddish is kind of one of those people who's like cheesecake. Like in small <laughs> quantities, she's fantastic. But like you do not want to eat a whole cheesecake. You know what I mean? It's just too much. Yeah. Like I think yeah. she'd be great like popping in stuff here or there. But I'm not sure she has like the level of humor required to be able to like lead a bunch of things you know what i mean (laughs) weren't you just saying in a previous episode that she should host the oscars i mean i think i did (laughs) but i think that's where she would do well you know what i mean i could see her hosting the oscars and popping up five times and doing weird things (laughs) and having it be a good time but like do i want to see her lead a sitcom no i don't (laughs) makes sense that's fair well hopefully she'll have a better 2019 is all i'm saying but do you have any any other pop news i mean i feel like there's more like depressing stories or whatever but the (laughs) funnest thing that happened was that miley cyrus and liam hemsworth got married over the break i know that's so sweet and this 
Yeah, it always seemed like kind of a weird couple to me, but the fact that they've been together for a long time and they were together through various stages of weird (laughs) Miley Cyrus behavior really solidifies to me that I think that they are meant to be together. I know they're one of those couples where I just like want to see them interact because I don't quite understand it because I think I project a lot of like Chris Hemsworth's personality onto Liam Hemsworth because he's just not as present and it's weird to try and imagine him with someone like Miley Cyrus who's very out there and like crazy but then you get like little tastes of them or him especially on social media and you're just like huh maybe he is like a equally weird person you know so so it's like yeah it's like this perfectly strange odd couple that I'm I'm rooting for for no apparent reason but I believe in their (laughs) love I feel like she is weird crazy and he's maybe like weird chill and so that's why it works (laughs) yeah that's a combination balanced i know i know it's like been 10 years since that nicholas sparks movie they were in it's been 10 years yeah wow they've been together a long time oh yeah i know i know so true love True I have a depressing love. story though. Is it is it Louis C.K. or Kevin Spacey? <laughs> yeah. It was Louis C.K. Uh, I mean, it felt like uh, important to bring up to keep all our listeners informed. I know, but, but like why, Louis? Painful. Why? I know. And it's sort of like, okay, so this is the story is Louis C.K. has been sort of forcing himself on the comedy circles, for lack of a better term. And um, it's an apt, people it's an apt yeah. term, I think, <laughs> yeah. forcing himself upon. Yeah, just, yeah, more of the same from him. But this time, someone leaked the entire set, the audio of the set. And it was like, I didn't follow him before that much. But I know that was sort of his thing, is he just like rants in like an angry, grumpy old man kind of way. But this time, he took aim. Oh, that's a bad... <laughs> Yikes. No. He um he he started directed talking about, his yeah, he remarks directed his remarks at the Parkland survivors saying they weren't interesting just cuz they survived a shooting. They pushed their fat friends in front of them like pretty tasteless stuff then he made really lazy jokes about how all asian men are basically women which is just like i don't know why that joke is still funny i don't get it like it's just like dumb and then he made jokes about the trans community and the non-binary gender pronouns and it just like came across as like a really mean and nasty like he was just punching down and it was just like he was like, oh, I don't care. I lost $35 million in one day. You think I can have a worse day? I don't care what you think. Like, be angry. I don't care. And it's just like, what happened to the guy who everyone was like, oh, wow, what a thoughtful, like, a letter of... <laughs> Admonition, like he's so sad he's so what a good letter he's such a such a good guy like we still think he has a chance and he's like i'm gonna sit back and i'm gonna listen and like i'm so sorry for these things and the way i made people feel and then he comes back swinging and this is like how he's gonna reappear it's just like left a really bad taste in my mouth and and most everyone's mouths i think I think that he thought by writing that letter that everyone would think, oh, you're fine. Like, yeah. like keep performing. You're great. You you did a good thing. You weren't bad. And then when people yeah. 
came out and said, uh, maybe no, we don't like you, that he was upset. And then he was like, okay, but I'll take like a couple months off. And then he came back for that comedy set in the comedy <laughs> cellar. And people were like, too early, bro, like too early. And he was yeah. like, you know what? Now I'm just pissed. I pretended that I was going to be nice about this. But if you guys don't want me back, well, tough luck. I'm going to come out and I make know. the easiest transphobic jokes that you could possibly yeah. make they're like they were like comments they're that my so grandma crazy. would make you know what i mean like yeah. like and my grandma's a it nice just, person but you know what i mean like <laughs> no it just wasn't clever it wasn't fresh it wasn't interesting it was just yeah it was just cliche in the worst way yeah yeah embarrassing but did you see that video that resurfaced over christmas of him and chris rock and ricky gervais and jerry seinfeld no what was in that? Oh dear. So it was like a 2011, I think. So pretty old, maybe like 2015, but oldish. <laughs> and they were all talking. <laughs> they were all talking. And Chris Rock was like saying Louis was like the blackest guy he knows, like the blackest white guy he knows. And Louis just suddenly comes in with a hard. He's like, oh, so you're call, you're saying I'm an N word with a hard R. And it was just like so jolting. And then Ricky Gervais and... And Louis C.K. started joking about how and when they use the N-word. And Jerry Seinfeld was the only one who was like, uh, I don't use it. I don't see the humor in it. Like, I don't know why you guys insist on saying it. And it was just like, ew, like they were just the worst people we should have known, you know? I never liked Ricky Gervais. What has he been up to? <laughs> Is he gone now? Or is he still around somewhere? I haven't seen him in a good know. while. I know. I don't know if he got canceled or if he's just been like, I don't know, just over in Britain doing his thing or something. But yeah, they're both just like nasty uh, people. <laughs> uh, uh, all of I these know. people. It's exhausting. Well, yeah, it's just too much. It's like, just Louis, please go away and just never come back. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, these people have enough money. They could go and, you know, live <laughs> right. on a boat or whatever for the rest of their lives and be fine. Yeah, but instead he'll just keep touring his nasty little set through probably middle America. Just, <laughs> But I mean, do you, do you think that they're going to like it either? I don't mean, I don't know. I don't know. I know. I mean, it's like he's making fun of <laughs> Democrats and liberals and stuff. So there's something to bond over maybe, but hopefully he just doesn't find an audience. Yeah, but I mean, there's people who like make have a career of making fun of democrats and do it in a funny like right. entertaining way you know that isn't yeah. like let's make fun of <laughs> school shooting survivors you know like right. that's a different that's a different yeah. group than like people who want to make fun of hillary clinton you know it's not the same <laughs> it's not exactly a 100 percent overlap there <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair he might not have a an easy crowd to find but that'll be fine with me so I don't know. I mean, I, I hate to end on that note. Do you have anything else? I mean, the only other thing I have is the <laughs> Kevin Spacey video, which I don't want to talk about. So let's yeah, let's just move on into move on. what a wonderful time we had yes. over break. There's so many movies came out. We saw mm -hmm. a bunch of things, watched some mm -hmm. TV, and we just mm -hmm. kind of want to do a quick roundup of all the yeah. things that were out that we saw, what we thought about them, because it's been two weeks and like... A lot has happened in the entertainment space. And my grandma lives yes. like three miles away from a dollar movie theater. <laughs> so I caught up on a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I know. I spent most of my Christmas break just trying to convince everyone I know to see Spider-Man. 
Um, oh yeah because same so i like saw it again and i was just like everyone has to see it and everyone was like the spider-man movie is not animated and i was like you guys don't get it and i'm really disappointed it hasn't done better than it has because i really wanted it to be like the movie of the break but oh well i mean i think it did pretty well in comparison to uh i mean you know it was up against some big heavy hitters in big franchises and even though it's a marvel movie it's not like a sequel to anything it's its own story it's animated i think people thought it was you know like i did teen titans go the second coming (laughs) so so i think it's done well for how for how good it is and i feel like it's keep it's gonna keep chugging along and especially as we move into the award season as it's picking up some prizes and will probably be nominated i could see this hanging on you know, for the next couple months in theaters and making a pretty hefty haul, especially like looking ahead to the things that are coming out in January. (laughs) I think there's maybe like three movies that I even want to see. And some of those are like, it's going to be bad, but I'm going to go see it anyways. So I don't think that there's a lot of competition. The stuff that came out over the break is going to be the stuff that we have in theaters for the next couple months. Right. I know. I just am, I just have PTSD from the Lego movie being iced out of the Oscars and stuff. I'm, I'm nervous for this one, but yeah, hopefully, but, hopefully not. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, I know. <laughs> so what, what did you see? What was your uh, favorite, favorite thing you saw? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> Um, I guess maybe the favorite thing I saw was The Old Man and the Gun, which I think maybe came out like in September. It's not new, but the Dollar Theater has old (laughs) movies in it because they're cheap. And my mom and I were trying to avoid like some rogue relatives who were in the like coming over to my grandma's house. We were like, let's go see like a movie. What's out? And I hadn't seen this. And Robert Redford is like an 85 year old bank robber who just like loves Robert banks and is a gentleman but and it's based on a true story (laughs) and like doesn't shoot anybody but just likes robbing banks and then getting taken to jail and then breaking out of jail and it's based on this man who like broke out of jail 17 sometimes and was robbing banks even into his 80s and it's just like kind of a sweet Mm. fun movie it's set in the 80s (laughs) sissy spacek is in it casey affleck's in it it has like a good cast it's it's just kind of like a fun little quick short, only like 90 minute movie, but it's definitely worth a watch. I don't think it'll get nominated oh. for anything, but it was a it was a fun little enjoyable evening. Nice. I have heard of it, but I never saw it. So maybe if it pops up on HBO or Netflix. Yeah, it's definitely going to be like a Netflix movie. I feel like it has yeah. Netflix written all over it. It was playing in yeah. the airplane that I rode back from Florida <laughs> on and the guy next to me watched it. So. I don't know what that says. This is a tangent, but I feel like since I've started watching movies more regularly with the subscription services, I get really frustrated when I get on planes because I feel like I've already seen everything. Yes. Yes. That is very real. That is very <laughs> such real. A frustration. I'm like, I used to love writing planes because I'd get a catch up on movies. And now I'm like, dang it. I've seen literally everything I could watch right now. So it's probably good for me to keep that one on reserve for a flight 
someday. Yeah. The plane had like 20 some movies to pick from. I had seen all of the new ones with the exception of Venom, <laughs> which I wasn't going to watch on the plane. And 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 I could have watched like Casablanca or, you know, like, I don't know, something oh, yeah. old. But yeah. I was like, you know what? No, I'm just going to keep reading Jurassic Park and call it a day. Oh, yeah. So. Good choice. Um, I saw a stupid movie. Um, we went and saw Aquaman. So, <laughs> oh, was it not good? I'm sure you've heard of it. Well, this is the thing that frustrates me. Let me okay. tell you. So, everyone has been talking it up. They're sort of like, wow, this is so crazy. It just might work. Like, it's just out there. It's just loud. It's fun. It rejuvenates the entire DC world, blah, blah, blah. And I just was like, I went in with, I guess, highish expectations where I thought it would be like fun, you know, like, like Thor Ragnarok or Guardians of the Galaxy type for Marvel, this would be for DC. But it was just like a really messy (laughs) movie. And the actors all really struggled. And it just wasn't good. And I think I got more and more annoyed realizing like the past this movie got compared to other movies that are like meant to be so bad it's good, like The Meg or Skyscraper or Rampage or whatever it is. Or even Tomb Raider, where it's just like, you're supposed to sit back and enjoy it. But somehow this one got like praised just because it wasn't as bad as Justice League. And I just got more and more frustrated by the end of it. And I think reading reviews for it, people were really into the spectacle of it. Like the shiny costumes and cool CGI effects. But the story just like, I think we just have to stop sacrificing story for these shiny like scenes and I it was just full of weird moments and there were zero stakes because literally and this isn't a spoiler no one dies like no one like no side characters no villains nothing they just nobody dies uh you know (laughs) when I saw the ads for this movie I thought superhero eh, don't want to see it (laughs) it looks like a hell of a lot of CG like all CG all the time which leads to bad acting I felt like the story probably wasn't going to be good it's a character based from that horrible uh, (laughs) Justice League movie. I just thought, nope, I don't want to see this. And when my family tried (laughs) to convince me to go, I was like, nope, nope. There's other things to be seen that are out this weekend, and I don't want to go see Aquaman. Yeah, it was just kind of like, blech. Like, it was just sort of boring. And I was just like, I'm annoyed because it's like, it gets a better rating because it's a superhero movie or what? Like, because it's not bad compared to its, like, like I just don't know why this is a better movie than say Jurassic World you know like it suffers from the same issues but for some reason critics were much more forgiving just because it was a little more energetic like I I was just confused by the end of it I think people just just like Jason Momoa I think they they just think that he's attractive and so they're (laughs) gonna be like okay well this was fun for me to watch him swim around shirtless for a while that's that's what I think but I'm glad you didn't like it because now I have feel no obligation (laughs) whatsoever to go see this I know I mean it had Nicole Kidman that was fun totally totally off the usual track for her Julie Andrews voices a character in it, which was very weird, but she was there. It was just like a weird, eclectic cast, and there were weird, like, choices made. But basically, I was just like, I love Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman is one of my favorite films of all time. I think was it's a she beautiful. In this? No, no, no. Oh. I'm just saying, like, compared. I just don't know why. Like, DC has the. So they have the 
perfected example of what a good DC movie is. And they just keep making weird choices. So I just don't get it. Like, be more like Wonder Woman, I guess, is my takeaway for Aquaman. It's like, try harder, you know? (laughs) I think that Marvel has the, like, market on kind of bland, like, by the numbers, but effective superhero movies and that Mm -hmm. dc knows they're not going to get ahead by just playing that same game that marvel has been doling out for the last 10 years so they're like we got to swing for the fences we got to do something different we got to do something exciting we got to like get a black panther level movie that's like new and cool and edgy and whatever or like deadpool or something that's going to be sort of (laughs) counter programming so they keep swinging for the fences with these weird ideas and then they just do not (laughs) end up well did you see bumblebee because i feel like that was the other movie that my family was pushing for that i was like no i know it's on my list it has like 97 percent fresh and i'm just like is this just because it's better than transformers or is it like a good movie i don't know i i have not seen any of the transformers movies so i had no desire to go see this one and wait how did you miss the first one at least I don't know. It's just not, crazy. Like, those are not movies that I, when I see the trailers, I'm like, yes, this is what I need to go see. I wasn't a Transformers person as, like, a kid. The movie <laughs> wasn't that exciting <laughs> to me when it came out. Yeah. I was a pretentious, like, middle schooler or whatever. I was probably seeing <laughs> Benjamin Button or something when that, you know, that but same year. Like so it was, like, Shia LaBeouf. Like, it was during his heyday. Like, did you not like Shia? No, I did. I saw that friggin' uh, Eagle Eye or whatever that was at oh, midnight. Yes. At midnight <laughs> in the theaters. That's how pumped I was for that. But this one, I did not have the enthusiasm, and I never saw it. And then I heard the sequels <laughs> just got worse and worse, and I never saw them. <laughs> you shouldn't bother. Wow. And I yeah, and I probably won't see Bumblebee. So yeah, but, okay. Well, I feel like yeah, I feel like you'll have Bumblebee's, to watch it. Yeah, I'll probably end up seeing it, but I don't know why. It seems like a stupid movie to make, but whatever. Well, you can watch it and report back. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do that. Okay. What else did you catch up on? Well, I saw The Grinch. I finally saw The Grinch. Oh. We went and saw it on Christmas morning <laughs> again to avoid weird family relatives that we didn't want to spend time <laughs> with. So, like, all of us young cousins went and saw it, and. I like the original animated one and then was not like a huge fan necessarily of the Jim Carrey one. But I thought oh, this I was really Jim good. Carrey. It was fun. It was cute. It was entertaining. Was it the best movie of the year? No, but it was solid. I enjoyed it. Do you hate his American accent? Jim Carrey? No, no, no. The animated Wait. one. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch? Um, I don't know. I guess I didn't really notice it. I didn't notice it either, but my husband and a couple of my friends insist he has a weird accent and they like hate him in Doctor Strange and stuff. And I just don't pick up on it. But I was curious if you noticed because Rob, my husband, didn't want to watch The Grinch almost purely because he couldn't stand <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent. That is that is very bizarre. <laughs> I mean, he does have like a weird voice, I guess, but I've never really thought about it. So you didn't see The Grinch? Yeah. No, we didn't see it. Well, I mean, that's the other thing is I'm not really into animated movies a lot. And yeah. I love the Jim Carrey one. Like it's one of my, uh, it's okay. probably my favorite Christmas movie. So it's sort of like, well, why bother with a new one? Right. But it had a cute dog. So... And a really cute, cute, like, yak or moose or whatever the (laughs) the heck it was. That was the best part of the movie, whenever he was in there. (laughs) Yeah. What else did you see? 
Okay, so this is one I was excited about. It's Bird Box, which was a big deal. It's the Sandra Bullock Netflix movie. Yes. Um, did you end up watching it? No, I heard it was bad, and I was like, eh, pass. <laughs> yeah, so I downloaded it. I ended up watching it one night like on my phone because like everyone went to bed, and I was still awake. And I don't like scary movies, but I really love like apocalyptic, like dystopian dystopia is it scary was it supposed to be no that's the thing is it's like everyone online was like oh terrifying blah blah i'm so scared it's a nightmare not at all it didn't phase me in the slightest and i am a giant baby and i was just watching it and i was really annoyed by like the universe the like lack of explanation and like i like a lot of weird like ooh, you know like i don't know like even a quiet place is better more interesting you get some sense of the universe that exists well because this was like quiet place but people who can't right. see yes it was yeah, basically so like it's a based same on movie a book. well it's based on a book where it's like these in- invisible entities once you see them you kill yourself and so to survive you just can't see and i guess the book is very different the book's a lot better more interesting I don't know. I don't think it explains the creatures at all. But this is just like further proof that when a Netflix, when a movie ends up on Netflix with stars like Sandra Bullock, it means it's not a good movie. You know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> this is not. This wasn't picked up by anyone else. This wasn't thought for like theatrical release because it doesn't work. It happens all the time with these big star Netflix movies, and this one is like the worst of the bunch because it was like it was artfully done i guess there were some really beautiful shots or whatever but it all it all just boiled down to a really poor story and i just like didn't think it was worth it at all but i'm so annoyed people are just singing it praises because it's like are we just <laughs> celebrating mediocrity now like i just feel like we're just letting these lazy stories get by because we like the star or we like the idea or we think wow this is different than something i saw last week so i guess it's good I don't know. I heard a lot of people saying that this was a bad movie. Like, that's why I didn't end up watching it was just because I heard (laughs) so many people say it was bad. And I was like, I don't need to watch another Netflix movie. Because the thing with Netflix is on their TV front, they have a lot of good stuff because they're competing with like network TV where nobody wants to be. And the like high end HBO stars kind of thing, which are really expensive. And so they can get a lot of good content. And yeah, Netflix has a million thousand shows. So a bunch of them are crap, but they do have some good ones. But Mm -hmm. on the movie front, no actor or director is going to (laughs) willingly put their movie on Netflix where people are like watching the half heartedly and on their phone (laughs) and not paying attention when their movie can go to theaters. So the only way that something goes to Netflix is if a it's not good enough or b (laughs) it's something like roma which is like a weird like art piece that's in black and white it's in spanish you know and it needed a big budget but no but the but like uh regular production companies didn't want to give them that amount of money so there is good stuff on netflix but it's like the weird small stuff on netflix that's good because netflix will give a director money to make something that's weird if a big person is on netflix it's gonna be bad because (laughs) like if sandra bullock had wanted to be in this movie and the movie was good it would have been picked up by like universal or sony or somebody it wouldn't have been sloshed off to netflix for like a weird december release (laughs) yeah i know and it's so funny to watch them like promote it because they're like oh it just 
it gave us like freedom to do it's like no you're you're on netflix because no one else like wanted this hot mess and like they've salvaged it enough that millions of people are going to watch it you're going to get numbers you're going to get money you won't ever know the numbers of who saw it and that's good enough for you because you have a pop culture moment where it's like it's trending on net on twitter but you never have to admit that oh only so many people saw it in theaters or only so many people actually thought it was good yeah, because they keep their numbers a secret. So if it's bad, they can pretend like yeah. it wasn't. It was just, there were so many questions about it. I could talk forever about how weird it was and the dumb choices they made. But the best was like, the main guy is the guy from Moonlight. A very attractive black man. And he has this great haircut. He's so fit. He has sharp lines. And the movie takes place where they're stuck in a house for five years and he still has this flawless haircut and everyone on Twitter is just like, man, how does he do it? Like, how does he keep this weave? And it's just, it's amazing. Little Well, especially like if that. you can't open your eyes. <laughs> right. Well, when you're inside, you're fine. So oh. Oh, gotcha. it's all, it's like all, it's, it's a hot mess. It was not fun Sounds to bad. watch. And I know I wish it was better. You know, it was really good though. That you did not want to see, and so I, we don't have an episode on it, but I went and saw The Mule with my brother and my dad, and it was so freaking good. Would you like it? Absolutely not. It is the least Shelby movie that has ever happened, but it is... Clint Eastwood is so good. The Most of of the movie, he is, let me tell you, (laughs) he is a botanist who's has spent his whole life competing around the country in like lily growing competitions and has the most beautiful lilies imaginable and wears like a little fancy bow tie to them all and then somehow or another he like loses uh well the internet comes around and all those like 1-800 flowers places run him out of business and so in order to try and resurrect his greenhouse he starts trafficking drugs across the country which he's used to driving across because of he went to these lily competitions and half of the movie are just these beautiful shots of his car driving across the country with him like eating random like snack foods from 7-eleven and singing along with whatever's on the radio it is great it is not a clint eastwood movie that you would think would ever happen but i was Mm -hmm. just like giddy with joy the entire time i was watching why though i don't get the clint eastwood hype like i really don't i can't name a movie he's in that i like um million dollar baby it's so good (laughs) (laughs) i haven't seen that one but i do Uh, i've heard that's good it's great no i mean he's just like an an action star who is 80 some years old and still trucking and now is in movies it would be like if (laughs) it's like if chris hemsworth in you know 60 years is playing an old botanist in a movie where he like drives around the country and sings i feel like you'd be into it yeah I don't know. I just, I think he's sort of a dick. I just have never liked him. He's sort of just the worst. And I just don't enjoy watching him just be a grumpy dude, you know, who's just scowling through a window the whole time. But he's not really super grumpy in this one. He's kind of like your old, like, buddy duddy <laughs> uncle. He's not yeah. like an action star in this one at all. You know, it's like he yeah. doesn't have guns, he's not tackling people. He's really yeah. just kind of stumbles upon this drug running gig and because he's an old man nobody is gonna pull him over and so he is a very successful drug mule it's great (laughs) 
Well, I'll take your advice and probably won't see it. So everyone else can enjoy. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know if you caught this or if you're a fan of Black Mirror, but they released like an interactive episode over Christmas break um, called Bandersnatch. Basically a pick your adventure, choose your adventure episode where Throughout the episode, you'll have a, a, a choice to make, and then the episode will follow that track. So there's multiple endings available, multiple twists available. It's a huge map and messy weave that's basically following this guy who's building a choose-your-own-adventure video game in the 80s and starts to question his reality. So it becomes like really layered and just like crazy mind trippy stuff but did you get to watch it i didn't you know i've watched the first couple episodes of black mirror from the first season but they're just Mm -hmm. so long that i find myself (laughs) um not not that not that they're too long for me to watch but it's like i've i feel like i have to set aside more time to watch them like to watch a movie versus a tv show and i just haven't really gotten through to them but how does does that mean that you have to watch it like a bunch of times in order to get this like choose your adventure thing or do they kind of like play them all simultaneously like how does that work no 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 so it's basically like it's weird and it was like a time commitment because i looked online and it could take anywhere from 70 i think 90 minutes to two hours or something so it's like a long time and you don't know how exactly it'll go but basically there's one ending that ends with full credits but there's like multiple other endings that like end but it's not like technically the finish so you have to go back and it'll give you options to like go back to this part of the story or start from scratch and so i only watched it the one time or no we watched it to one ending and then it offered us to go back a little bit and make a different choice and so we did like that so we did like one and a half it was really interesting how they did it because it was pretty seamless transitions and um you would literally just like choose like oh do you want to eat wheaties this morning or frosted flakes and then it would change the story and so basically to understand what the options are you have to watch it like 10 different times or you just look on Reddit and like see the maps people have already made because they have no lives and they're super nerds. So that is rude. Yeah. <laughs> I like know how all the endings go. So I could technically go and watch the movie I want now. It was like, I don't know if I'll go back, if I'll like bother with it, because it was sort of like it wasn't. And this is a criticism it got is that the story itself wasn't that interesting. It was more the craziness of actually well it's a gimmick um, playing the game yeah so it was like it was cool to watch how they did it and it was interesting to see how the different choices like spiraled but it wasn't like that entertaining you know and it all like ended in really gruesome ways because again it's black mirror so it's not like you'll ever get to a happy ending so it was mostly just like, how do you want to see this like bloodbath end? So it was interesting. It wasn't my favorite Black Mirror. And I really, really, really do not want this to become a thing with any other TV show ever. Because I don't think it would work as well as it does for Black Mirror. Because Black Mirror's whole thing is making a commentary on our relationship with technology. And so this became like not only 
a way to explore that, but also proved that we are obsessed with that. So it's sort of like they get away with it. No one else can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I'm sure that in 10 years when I have gotten to that point in Black Mirror, <laughs> I will watch it, but I don't think I'll well, watch it Well, they're not related. Right so away. You don't oh, have yeah. to see anything else. Yeah. I mean, yes, that's true. <laughs> but also like Shelby... The way my mind works. <laughs> I have to watch them in order. But it's totally unrelated. It's, it's Yeah, but just, it doesn't matter. I totally need to watch different. it in order, Shelby. <laughs> okay, I need to watch season like that, one, but... episode three next. And that's not this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. It's it's it'll be there probably for it'll be really gimmicky by then. People will be making fun of us for thinking it was cool, but... I mean, it's gimmicky now. When has Choose Your Own Adventure ever worked in, like, an actual (laughs) effective way? It hasn't. I know. I hate it. I've never been able to get into it, but... We should get on to our main feature presentation of the episode that we're 50 minutes into at this point. (laughs) I know. It's Mary Poppins, y'all! Mary... Well, that's the wrong accent, (laughs) Shelby. Well, that was a... That was a reference to Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which went over your head i realized but hopefully our listeners appreciate it more <laughs> okay thrilling mary poppins <laughs> mary poppins returns is out in theaters finishing second behind aquaman these last couple weeks <laughs> um i yeah. guess just to start like what is your relationship with the original mary poppins movie because i feel like I went and saw this with family members and based on how much they liked the original or how familiar they were with it, I feel like they liked Mm -hmm. Mary Poppins Returns more or less. Yeah, I know. It's the same thing. So I grew up on it. Like I definitely watched it. I remember watching it. I don't remember like loving it. I never obsessed over it. When they announced the sequel, I was like, please, no. Why is this happening? I don't care. So I was pleasantly surprised by how much I actually enjoyed this movie. But I went with my family and both of my brothers and their wives have to have little girls. And so they've been watching the original Mary Poppins and they're obsessed with it. And so they were really excited to see the movie, but left feeling really like disappointed by it. So uh-huh. was it the similar pattern for you? <laughs> Uh, kind of. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know because I, (laughs) I had, have seen the movie, you know, probably watched it a couple times growing up, like knew the main songs, knew the general gist Mm -hmm. of the plot. And I remember I never loved it, but then I watched that Saving Mr. Banks, that movie a couple of years ago about (laughs) the author of Mary Poppins and Walt Disney that probably should have been nominated for like some Oscars, but was waylaid by... It was good. I really liked it. And so then I sort of like re-liked Mary Poppins just because of how much I liked (laughs) Saving Mr. Banks. But then going to Mm -hmm. see this, I felt like, nah, it's okay. But my grandma, who was like a big Mary Poppins fan, was like, this was fantastic. Like, this was the greatest thing I've ever seen. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was the opposite in your family versus my family. I know, because it was sort of like, I think what worked for me is that the nostalgia factor surprised me because I didn't go in expecting to care. Because I really don't, like I said, remember caring about the first one. But when the penguins, like the animated penguins popped up, I was like, oh, my little horror. And like seeing the neighbor's house with the ship on top, like little things just like sparked my memory. And it sort of made me all feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So it like worked in a strange way for me, whereas a lot of the complaints was 
about Mary Poppins herself. And she just seemed, I guess, more grumpy and mean this this iteration, which I can't speak to because I haven't seen the original in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, so this one is, it's a sequel. It's not a remake. Mm -hmm. It's set 25 years, I think, after the events of the first one. So it's basically all the same characters are back. It's just the kids from the first one are now parents and the the son from the first one you know got married had three kids his wife died and now he is under the threat of losing his house to the bank that his dad used to work (laughs) in in the first one and so the whole plot of the movie is really okay we got to find this certificate that is going to like save our house from the evil guy who works at the bank Mm -hmm. and I thought the plot was fine and I really liked Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins and thought that she was the best part of the movie by far Mm -hmm. for me. Oh yeah. Again. Yeah. I haven't seen it very recently, the original. So I was like, Oh yeah, she she seems great. Like, you know, stern, but like also fun loving, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, taking care of these kids. The complaint that I saw most frequently, which I also felt, was that the songs aren't catchy. And like immediately after you hear them, they're gone and you can't remember them. (laughs) Like the first one has so many iconic songs that people are still singing nowadays and, you know, are like in the ether, even if you don't really remember that they're from the movie. And this one really had none of those songs. Like on the way home, I could not come up with like i could be like okay there's the one that the chimney sweeps sing there's one where she's on a stage but if you'd have been like could you hum a few lines from it i was like nope (laughs) like i have nothing did you feel that way yeah and i I was interesting going with super fans because they were like this doesn't compare to super califragilisticexpialidocious the i missed i love to laugh or the chimney sweep song and i was like well It was weird because I'm like, yeah, I get that. But it's also like, were those songs immediately beloved when the first movie came? And also, this movie has the unfortunate burden of competing with that nostalgia, with that like timelessness. Yeah. And so it's just going to be impossible to stand up to. But it's also like, yeah, were they good songs? I guess not. Like, I can't, I can't remember. I thought I remembered one and I was going to prove you wrong, but then I realized I don't remember it. So I was listening to them (laughs) earlier today. And the only one that I can remember from when listening to them was the the cover is not the book the one that Lynn then raps in. Uh, <laughs> how did you feel about uh, Lynn? So because well of it all, I know yeah. you hate him. So I don't like him. Yeah, I mean, so this is the thing. I know he's talented. He's a talented writer. I love Hamilton. I think he is a very talented person. I do not think that talent transfers to tweets or to singing itself or to dancing as we found out here. So (laughs) watching him, it was just like, I think what bothers me about him is he really, not that this is a problem, I guess, but just the way he does. (laughs) I don't know if this is fair, but he just is very like smug, but also like starry eyed about everything that's happening to him. And he's just like, Oh, wow this is such a trip. Like I'm in a movie. Look at me. Look at the camera as I sing a song in a bad accent. Like I'm paying homage to Dick Van Dyke. Aren't I special? And I think it's just like, I never forgot it was him watching it. Emily Blunt, amazing. Such a joy to watch. Loved it. The other actors all were like very whimsical to see. 
I was fully on board with all of them, but Lynn Manuel Miranda was always Lynn Manuel Miranda in a bad accent. And so I just like, I don't know if that's my own bias or if he just wasn't good in this because I think he just wasn't good. Yeah, I think he was was passable. I will say that I on one hand, I understand your criticism of Lynn because <laughs> I feel like it's the same feeling that I feel about James Corden, where it's like, <laughs> dude, like, just calm down. You like, <laughs> like, just give us a breather for a second. You don't have to be in every single freaking right. thing. Like, we know you're yeah. famous. We know you're funny. <laughs> like, give us a break. But as far as the starry eyed thing goes, I feel like that is a criticism that people have also put up against Taylor Swift and you have rebuffed. I know. So I'm a little bit like, I know. Mm-hmm. It's- why I feel bad I know it's like I can't quite put a finger on like what irritates me and so I feel like bad even having opinions because I think that's just a lazy criticism but in this movie in particular I just like watching him dance watching him sing I didn't and even like I don't know I just don't think he's as good an actor as he is a writer and I don't think he's as good a singer as he is a writer and so it's just sort of like I don't know if he deserves what he's getting just because he happened to write a really amazing play. Yeah. You know? Oh, no, he's clearly not. And I sort of feel like he <laughs> realizes that. And so he tries to make up for it by being charming, where he's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm really good at writing musicals, but I'm not actually that good at singing or acting. Yeah. So I'm going to try to be like a more of a personality than anything else. <laughs> and this role didn't really require yeah. that much of him as far as acting goes. So I thought he was right. fine. If there is a person in this cast who deserves a demerit for just abysmal stage presence it has to be Meryl Streep her weird (laughs) character and the plot line where she's doing like this bizarre maybe Russian accent (laughs) like that whole scene could have just been cut I don't know why it's in there I know I feel like what had to have happened is that they announced that this movie was coming out and Meryl Streep was like I love Mary Poppins put me in this and so they wrote her this part because she's just sort of like so weird I know but I think it's just the parallel to the I love to laugh scene in the original so it's like there's all there was that weird like random relative who's happens to be in this random situation so we just have to go and deal with it randomly you know and so I I think that was their mirror image to this but yeah it was just a and again it's like oh that's Meryl Streep like it was so it was like almost like they were trying too hard to disguise her that it became like too much of like on the nose were like, they trying treatment? to describe her or to disguise her <laughs> i mean she had a horrid orange wig on right. and a weird accent but otherwise she was peak yeah. meryl i know exactly it was just like it was too much it was too much it was like you should have just had some nobody because then we wouldn't have cared as much but you like wanted the gif ability of like meryl streep in a bad wig Someone told me, or I can't remember where I read this or heard it, but they were like, every Meryl Streep character in the past 10 years is just a a drag queen character. Like, Meryl Streep (laughs) just plays drag characters. And I was like, this is very true, especially in this movie. Like, this is not a real person, and I don't know what she's doing in it. The, I know. Uh, that's, that whole sequence was weird. And that song wasn't good. I couldn't tell you what it was, but I remember not liking it when it was on, and I can't remember yeah, it now. Yeah, it was like, oh, it's upside down. Um, it was just like, I think that's what was it started to drag for me, was just the sheer amount of songs. Yes. I don't remember the first one. I don't know how many songs there were. I remember like four of them. 
But this one had a lot of songs that I just did not care about, you know? Yep, yep. 100%. Yeah, and they just weren't like cool enough or relevant enough to the story to make me care. But talking to my brothers after, it's like the original Mary Poppins doesn't have a storyline per se, right? Like it's sort of like a grumpy dad has to learn to love his kids. But there's really not like this movie tried harder to give it a plot line, but I think it's still hard for us to like at least it was hard for me to really like invest in it because I was just like, oh, I need them to find the certificate. Why are they singing this song about like this and this and this? Why are we moving on to this song? Like, how many songs can there be in an hour and a half movie? And the answer is too many. Well, in the great film Saving Mr. Banks from <laughs> several years ago, we learn that the main uh, redemption arc of Mary Poppins is the dad because the kids don't really change that right. much. It's just that the dad yeah. learns like that he is working too much and needs to spend more time with his kids. And that's why the final song is Let's Go Fly a Kite. And this one, I think, sort of was trying to do something where, like, the dad was too, like, stiff and the kids were too, like, they didn't have enough imagination. And so Mary Poppins had to, like, come and teach them, which I think is a plot line that we've sort of seen in other movies, you know. Mm. But I, I didn't think it was like it like only half went there it it didn't right. do a strong enough job of like showing you the transition and a podcast i was listening to about this which i thought made sort of a good point was that really the only thing the only lesson that's learned in this movie is that life is better when you have money because when they think that they don't <laughs> have money they're upset and then at the end nobody really changes their attitude other than the fact that they realize oh wait no we we do have money after all and now we're all yeah. happy <laughs> capitalism yeah i mean that is funny and it's also ironic that it's like the tuppence from the first film that he saved instead of giving to the bird lady yeah so it's just like it was sort of struggling under the weight of its own like big intentions because i don't think it really cared that much you know about the storyline it cared about putting emily blunt and lin-manuel together and having Meryl Street pop up and then they sing pretty songs and like spin around and do BMX bikes tricks. And I mean <laughs> the the scene where they're in the bowl where they're in the china yeah. bowl. Oh, I thought I the animation it. and the costumes and everything in that scene was mind boggling. Yeah. It was I know. that was such a joy to watch. And then I all the other part of the movie that I really liked was when Dick Van Dyke comes out at the end yes. and performs this like very involved mm. dance number for like a ninety yeah. year old man. So that was that was was also really cool. I know. Basically, the takeaway for me though was like how weird Jack's character was, um, Lin Manuel Miranda's character. Basically, he wasn't in the first one, but it's sort of like mentioned that he grew up with um, Dick Van Dyke's character from the original, and so he knew Mary Poppins. Basically, he's been like stalking this family for years and he's like, I've watched you grow up in the windows and like is secretly harboring this crush with the older daughter, but he never ran into her because she was always in the window and he was always... It just became like a lot. I was like, why is this guy always like stalking these kids and Mary Poppins? Like, doesn't he have a job to do? Like, why is he always happening by? Like, it's just a lot, you know? Another thing that I noticed that I like about the Lin-Manuel character is... (laughs) Lin-Manuel doesn't have facial hair aside from his goatee (laughs) and they had to like draw on stubble onto his face (laughs) like it's not real stubble he just has fake like makeup stubble on the entire movie which I thought was also interesting yeah and it's like they they were singing they were like walking home
home from the bank. They get lost and then suddenly he's there and it's just like, chill out, dude. And then he takes them down like a rabbit hole where all the Learys are like playing with their BMX bikes and like, and like, also, is Leary a real term? Is that a, is that a thing? I was I watching, I was so. like, is th- I've never read this. It seems like it should have made an appearance in some Sherlock Holmes book or something. (laughs) And I I was like, I have read a good number of British things and I have never heard of the term leery before. (laughs) No, it's a... Yeah, I don't know. The person who lights the lamps? I don't know. What do you think about (laughs) the fact that Julie Andrews isn't in it? Because for me, the part that Angela Lansbury is playing at the end as the balloon lady was clearly written into the script for Julie Andrews. And then when she turned them down, they were like, who else can we get? Ah, the lady from Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And I think Bedknobs (laughs) and Broomsticks is a better movie than Mary Poppins, but that's just a random aside. (laughs) But like, do you think she said that she didn't want to be in it because she wanted this to be Emily's movie? But don't you sort of feel like just take the part julie just like be the balloon lady well one i totally respect her saying that about emily blunt like having her moment because otherwise it all would have been about the nostalgia factor but two i also wonder if part of it's just pure vanity like good or like shallow or not like i don't think it's necessarily shallow but like mary poppins she was so beautiful like that was her big like moment that's what she she won the oscar for it yeah, so it's like, does she want to, like, come in as, like, an old lady and, like, she lost her voice and she doesn't get to do that anymore and now she has to be, like, in this role again? Like, I don't know. I could kind of see how she wouldn't want to necessarily. Wait, she lost her voice? Yeah, like, she... I don't remember if she had surgeries or she'd gotten sick, but, like, pretty... Yeah, like, in the... I don't remember when, but she lost her like singing voice and so it was a big deal when she sang in princess diaries too yeah i was gonna say because she definitely nailed in princess diaries too (laughs) did she she nail it like i mean yeah that is a a perfect movie and i dare you to say anything (laughs) bad about it (laughs) no it's a fun it's a fun movie it's a good song but it's not julie andrews like peak singing voice you know what i mean yeah but raven simone is also singing with her so i mean like (laughs) yeah how can you go wrong yeah. But anyway, it's like, I don't, I'm not surprised she wasn't in it. It was fun to see Dick Van Dyke, but I feel like having too many people would have made it just like indulgent. But here's the thing. Like, <laughs> if they had asked her to come back and like play a version of Mary Poppins or something, like, no, don't do that. Because Emily Blunt is the Mary Poppins of this movie. But yeah. when they're like, we wrote this role for you. We also wrote a role for <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke is taking the role we wrote from him for him. Like, why are you still at this point being like, no, I can't. I couldn't. Because I couldn't do this to Emily. The... If Emily wants she's you in the movie, the then like, just Aquaman. be in the movie. Yeah, exactly. I heard she was some racist <laughs> she sea monster. Was yeah <laughs> she had things to do she probably got a better paycheck playing that kraken you know, there is for... no way there is no way <laughs> they would have paid her whatever the frick she wanted to be in that one scene where she sits on a bench and hands out balloons to people yeah you can't yeah. tell me that she wasn't it would have just it, it would have been thing. too much it would have just melted everyone's minds it would have been like oh my gosh like people would have gone into cardiac well, this arrest. movie like, was so perfect too... to begin with that really you know yeah it was very well calibrated <laughs> yeah. and there couldn't have been one extra thing in it it would just throw yeah. the whole thing into the exactly i think though i do want to just mention again that like i thought emily blunt was really great I oh yeah so much charisma i love yes. her loved the costuming the outfits she did great i was like a little off put put off by 
the way she reveled in gaslighting these people. Because <laughs> it was like very aggressive the wait, way she was like, that's wait, insane. Are you serious? <laughs> wait, wh- who was she gaslighting? What? I'm confused. Well, gaslighting is making someone believe that no, their reality is No, I know what gaslighting real. is. Who was she and gaslighting? Like, she the was people gaslighting the bank? all the children. No, like the children, especially the children. Like, especially when they woke up from the bowl and they were like, I was just in the bowl. And she was like, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> She's like, no, you stupid children. That would be utterly insane. Are you, are you crazy? What? Is that what you're saying right now? You didn't get that vibe? I did not pick up on that at all. Oh, man. She was... I just, like... Again, I haven't seen the original in a long time, but, like, I just, like... I rewatched, like, I think you went into this with a hateful attitude. I think that's what it was. I didn't. I liked the movie. I did. I really was pleasantly surprised. It, like, made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. But it just... If she took on a more... I don't know, just a little bit more abrasive Mary Poppins. Like, she's over the bullshit, you know? She's like, I don't have time for this. I'm going to be a little bit more stiff and, like... Isn't that Emily Blunt's character, spearing. though? Like, that's who I she know. is. I know! So that's what she, she was brought. Great. It's just a little bit... It was a little bit heavy on the on the aggression for me, but it was, it was fun. It was fun to watch. I liked her bathtub song. I don't remember it, but I remember being <laughs> yeah. really yes. enjoying uh, it while it was happening. <laughs> Uh, so as far as the Oscars go for this movie, <laughs> do you think it's yeah. going to get nominated for Best Picture? Do you think that Emily Blunt's no. going to get nominated? Do you think your boy Lynn is going to be nominated? <laughs> do we think Meryl Streep is going to be nominated? So. Oh, I would no. like to I be think... nominated for this part. I was a topsy. I was singing a song. It's only three hours of the day, but I'm going to sing a whole song about it. Mamma mia. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing it stands a chance for is costuming, music, and Emily Blunt. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's all. And I think music, it could get nominated. It's not winning over the friggin' Lady Gaga song. And <laughs> But I, I could... I, I would love for that to happen. I though, could honestly. see it winning a costuming award. Because the, especially those costumes when cool. they're in the... Oh yeah, bowl that are like painted, kind of painted. Yeah, yeah. Those I want that to become a thing. Like I really want a jacket that looks like it's an illustration. Like it really, it tripped me up for a minute. I was like, is this CGI? Is this a painted outfit? Like I really get on Etsy. There's definitely on there. Yeah, you can buy it. You can buy a painted jacket from some woman in Brooklyn. It's on Etsy. (laughs) You know it is. (laughs) And also, that song also made me very nostalgic for like the old animated movies I grew up with, like the, what is it called? The Rescuers Down Under. Yeah. Oh, and no, like not all the Down those, Under, like, but the regular school, one. Yeah, all those da- old school, like, illustrated movies that made me really want to rewatch, well, like, Aristocats and everything. You know that Disney doesn't really do, anim- like, hand-drawn animation anymore. And for that sequence, they had to outsource and get, like, seven random, or oh, 70 really? random <laughs> illustrators who don't work for Disney to do the illustration because they didn't have people so on staff who could do, like, the hand-drawn because I, I don't think they've done that in a long time. Uh, but so this movie people are going to see it now are they going to see it later are they never going to see it what do you think is (laughs) like what's the prescription i think given the options in theaters right now if you need a family film like this is a good one i enjoyed it it was fun to see again i loved the costumes and emily blunt is just like always a pleasure to watch but if you miss it like you're not missing out on much 
I think this is an easy away to DVD choice. If, <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is, if you're looking for a kid's movie, we have Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse. We have yeah. Wreck-It Ralph. I think both of those are better than this movie. And if you're... And The Grinch, if that's still on theaters, but I don't <laughs> think it is. And if you're like an adult who doesn't need to go see a kid's movie, then there's also other good things in theaters on that front. So I sort of yeah. feel like... Unless you're a big Mary Poppins fan, in which case you already <laughs> saw this, I don't feel like you really need to. You know, I think it's, yeah. an, it's an easy pass for me. Yeah, that's fair. It's not like painful to watch. Oh, no. It'd be a good plane uh, movie. You know. It'd be a great plane yeah. movie. <laughs> All, okay, yeah, exactly. here's another question, like aside, not about this, but about watching movies on planes. So the man sitting next to me after he finished watching <laughs> The Old Man and the Gun started watching Caddyshack. And there is like full on <laughs> nudity in that movie. And I was sitting there like and kind of glanced over and was like, oh, wow, like those are boobs just like staring <laughs> at me in the plane. Is they it weird? It no. Is it weird that like that you can watch full on nudity on a plane where like there's <laughs> kids like possibly sitting there? I don't know. It feels it felt strange to me. But that's funny. That is weird. I remember someone watching like 50 shades across from me but it was on a laptop so it was like a personal choice oh, which is yes. also like come on guys yeah. like <laughs> come on give me a break here but it is interesting I I would have thought they edited it don't they edit them for length and language and stuff I don't know but they definitely did not edit out this pair of boobs because <laughs> they were the on boobs. screen for a lot like it was a long yeah. scene <laughs> and you kept watching huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't look away. I mean, I well, I kept being like, is this gonna turn off? Like what like how long is this scene? And it's like a full on it's like a conversation scene in a bed, and she's just like they're just talking to each other, and she it's just like it's all out there for you to see. Anyways. That's funny. Got on That's how do we good, get on that? Good note to end on. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is that your love it or hate it for the week? Is Caddyshack. Yeah, the... Caddyshack's boob scene. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no. My love it for this week is the third season of Riverdale, which I watched I with my family over the break. I forced them to watch it. It is in frigging sane. Are you watching it? <laughs> no, I could not get into it. Oh that my show. Nothing gosh. about it appeals to me. It is it is a train wreck. It is so bad, but so good. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like are the writers like it's not possible that they could know that it's like that they're writing it to be bad like i think they have to think that it's good but it is insane this season <laughs> like one of the main character is in prison and there's also like a fighting ring in prison but then there's also a plot line <laughs> where it's like a dungeons and dragons thing around the town and people are like drinking this blue lip kool-aid that's poison so there's people with blue lips showing up all the time dead there's also <laughs> like a random cult farm that some people are involved in one of the characters is opening like an underground speakeasy but it doesn't serve alcohol because it's for high schoolers it only serves non-alcoholic beverages <laughs> and then at the end of the the mid-season finale you find out that the whole town is actually under quarantine like like they're like there's <laughs> this weird like people are having seizures yeah. so the whole it's just mind-blowingly it's, insane yeah. and it's not well acted and it's not well written it's but it is much. so fun to watch it is like peak <laughs> bad tv why why is it fun why is it fun how you're the reason bad tv gets made okay you hear you understand i this feel like your fault you, you watch bad song. stuff too 
<laughs> no, I watch The Rookie, which is a fine show. That no, 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 no. Good, the Rookie is definitely the exact same level as this, although this is just a no, lot weirder. No, okay. The Rookie operates on a plane of like reality. Riverdale does it? is just insane. Does it? Yes, with it does. creepy You've friggin' Nathan it. Fillion. You can't oh my watch gosh. It. No. <laughs> Predator, Nathan Fillion. Okay, okay. We're moving on. I have a love it too, though. So this is a positive. But <laughs> okay. mine's, mine's way more like, mine's way more like hoity toity. Oh, so okay. I'm, We're I'm switching cool roles it. from what we usually bring to the I think, table. I think for the first time in the history of this podcast, I'm mentioning a book I read because I finally. Oh, okay. I'm excited. I know. That's what happens when you're on a long road trip. So it's called Educated by Tara Westover. Yes. It's pretty old. I read it, of course. Um, it was really good. It's basically, uh, it's a memoir by this woman who, uh, grew up in this really extreme survivalist family in Idaho. And she would never went to school, never was even like homeschooled, basically managed to get into college and like went on to earn like multiple PhDs. And so it's basically like the glass castle on crack because this girl's family is honestly just the worst and they are indestructible. Like the amount of accidents they get in, the near-death experiences, like her dad at one point is like welding a car or something and the tank explodes and he melts off half his face, his hands. And they don't believe in modern medicine. They don't believe in doctors. They think all doctors are socialists working for the Illuminati. So he doesn't go to the hospital and he somehow survives. Like, And it's like the fifth accident he's had in his life where he should have died and they just don't. And they just like live. And it's just like really crazy what she goes through and how she manages to get out. Like her first day in college, she like raises her hand and is like, what's the Holocaust? Because she's never heard of it. So it's just like, it's just like batshit crazy, but really, really well written and very interesting to read. And I've, I've, I enjoyed it. So if you're looking for a book to make you feel a little more, you know, aware of the world, it's a good one. It's strange because of the things you were describing sound like they could all be plot lines on the third season of Riverdale. I know. <laughs> so I think we've just, yeah. we've, we're at the same place. We've just come from different roads. Yeah. Yes. And be like, oh, yeah, this is a good idea. Yeah, we'll do this. There is a woman in the first season of Riverdale who's in her house (laughs) and the house burns down. And when you come to the second season, she's like in the hospital with like full bandages on the face. Like you can't see her for the first couple of episodes, just full bandage. And then all of a sudden, like episodes five, she shows up at a town hall meeting, looks perfectly normal. Nothing has happened to her. Like 100% fine. So maybe that was the inspiration. crazy. Um it yeah. drew from educated. I mean, he does not wow. he does not look fine. He just looks melted and like his skin grew back wonky and his fingers were never corrected. So he definitely should have gone to a doctor, but he didn't. And his wife is big into essential oils. They have like a huge company that does essential oils now. And that's how she cured him. So that to me speaks to how weird essential oils are. <laughs> are you? I feel like you I could know. be into essential oils, though. Are you an essential oil person? <laughs> well, my mom is, which is I think a lot of people's moms are. Um, so she's given me a few. Like we 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 have a diffuser, and we'll put in lavender, like if we need to sleep well, and it'll like mm. relax the room a little, you know. <laughs> but I wouldn't ever use oils or herbs as like a 
cured a cancer like they attempt. So just a lot to unpack. Well, really it seems to be working, stories. though. He survived <laughs> yeah, on essential oils. It's so. crazy. It is insane. Like it is the things that her siblings and her and everyone survives. Like I'm like, this family is either the luckiest or the unluckiest or some combination of the two. Like, I don't know if someone's out to get them. Someone's looking out for them. Like it is just insane. Oh my gosh. Well, once I finish Jurassic Park, maybe I'll pick up that one. Yeah, it's a good one. But I mean, I read like six books a year, so we probably won't hear another book recommended for a while from me. From someone who used to work in publishing, (laughs) Shelby, you should really like get it together. My gosh. I know. I know. It's a New Year's resolution. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I wish I wish you the best of luck. I can't wait to hear about the more books you read this year. Uh, But that's all I think we have for this week's episode. We'll be back next week to talk about the Golden Globes, which I'm excited (gasps) about. That's that soon? Yes, they're this Sunday. Oh my gosh, I have to mark my calendar. I know. That's great news. I am am psyched. And this, like, now finally the Oscar pieces are coming together. This is like the most (laughs) glorious time of year to be a movie fan. the whole reason we started a podcast so we can talk about these awards. I know, I know. (sighs) Really, like, this this is my time of year and then it's like a so slow <laughs> slap like a slow sad slog through the summer which i feel Whatever. like is when your time of year arrives where you're like <laughs> the blockbusters <laughs> the Sorry, popcorn flicks taste. yeah it's a fun time it's good stuff okay uh. Well, at least one of us is hyped full year round. But (laughs) if you are hyped on this podcast, you can follow us on social media. You can leave us comments and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And it would be so great of you. I think we did actually have reviews this week, but I forgot to read them in the hype of being back for the new year. So (laughs) we'll get to one of those next. Yeah, I'm excited. It's good to be back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too and to the audience. Happy New Year, everybody. (laughs) See you next week.